Devin Brittingham from Q. Uh, hope everyone's doing well. It's been a while since we've done a podcast. Um, don't have a guest today. I'm going to answer a bunch of questions, kind of go through them that we have, um, and give some updates on some products. Um, things are going well here. We're shipping more guns every week. Um, silencers have really taken off. Uh, we're hoping to bring some new products to market this year, and I'll cover some of that at the end if we don't hit it in some of these questions. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get started. So people posted these. I get a lot of emails and messages on Instagram, and then I uh, put a little ask a question up on Instagram, and so a lot of these come from that as well. Um, okay, Walker. Uh Tips for someone trying to get into the gun industry, specifically engineers. Man, I don't know. Uh, I would say that engineering-wise, we tend to, and have for a long time uh, at SIG and at AAC before that, we tend to hire a lot of our interns. So if you can get an internship at a gun company or one you would like, then it doesn't necessarily have to be the one that you would want to work at, but just to get experience in the industry, make some connections. Um, that could help you a lot. So I would say try to intern. I mean, I mean, and I don't think that's specific for our industry or for engineers, um, but that's a way to really kind of uh, learn about an industry, make contacts. You know, if you do a good job, you get hired. I think it works out more, more often than not. Um, okay, the next one, the name is so small I can't read it, but what are the biggest roadblocks in production? Seems like it has slowed down. Um, well, okay, that's a two-part thing. It has not slowed down. It has actually increased dramatically. Um, w but our order velocity has continued to outpace production. Um, so I don't even know what the current back order is. And we sort of refocus now um, as far as we're weeding out a lot of vendors. Um, we're making some changes there. Uh, we've increased our purchasing department. And we're trying to partner with better vendors and come up with some different solutions for different products that have been bottlenecks. I mean, bottlenecks historically have been, um, for instance, the triggers. Uh, triggers for the AR-based guns. Um, we've had lead times with both Geisley and AR Gold. Uh, that's one example. Um, we've had capacity problems uh, with that. Um, Purchasing sometimes is one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a lot of vendor stuff. So, so we, we've taken the last six months and the rest of this year is kind of dedicated to production, figuring that out a little better long term and uh, forming better relationships with vendors, weeding some out and getting new ones and just increasing sort of the purchasing department and really making our ERP a little more robust. Um, and sort of trying to forecast a little better. I mean, I think silencer sales are up like 2,000% from uh, this year or this time last year. Um, gun sales have been, you know, back ordered a couple thousand units for each gun. Um, so we're continuing to, to ship more guns every month, but orders are just sort of outpacing it. That's kind of what's going on. Okay, next one. When will we see the Honey Badger stock embrace for the AR? That should have been now, this month, um, but due to increasing production with the firearms and with the pistols being so, the Honey Badger pistol being so backordered, uh, we just haven't devoted the resources to it because it'll take away from some of the firearm production, which we already have orders for. So that's just kind of where that stands. It's not a priority. The work is really done. Um, but if we go into production with it, the rails that we use, you know, the injection molding for the braces, I'll go to the AR stock, and that, that's just not our focus at the moment. It's something that we want to do. We're committed to doing it. Um, we just didn't really anticipate the popularity of the fixed rifles and the honey badger. And, you know, we're in the deep end with those. So uh, if other things have to take a back seat until we get a better handle on uh, balancing um, order velocity and production, some of those things are just going to stay on hold. Um, 700 chassis info. Uh, the chassis, we've got the first run of them here, actually, we're QCing, and I'm not sure what today is, but it's a few days after St. Patrick's Day, I believe. Um, so we'll ship a few of those here pretty quick. 
Um, that's been another thing, just waiting to get it right. It's got a lot of parts commonality with the fixed rifle, which is cool. Um, you know, the thing's two and a half pounds. The initial ones, I think, ship with the stock, not the brace, with the full-length M-Lock handguard, uh, with the top rail for the 700. It uses AI pattern mags. Um, it's probably the initial one with everything's probably going to be priced around 1500 bucks. And it's just another one of those, you know, I wanted the chassis and we will end up having one around eight or $900. Um, but again, the demand and supply and demand here, um, for us to justify doing it and taking something away from the fix inevitably, um, the chassis are going to be expensive and, uh, I don't think it's going to be a hurdle for most people, but that's kind of the info I have right now, other than what else? Uh, no, that's it, really. Um, what goes into designing a booster for a pistol? Uh, also interested in the 9mm Erector. So, uh, a booster in a pistol is just basically, you have a spring-loaded piston that allows the barrel and a Browning-type action to move independently of the mass of the suppressor momentarily so the gun can cycle. Um, you know, if you have a pretty lightweight silencer, it's not as difficult the timing isn't quite as critical as it is with a heavier silencer. Uh, and meaning basically heavier silencers in a 45, you can destroy the guns. Uh, with a lighter 9mm silencer, as long as the gun cycles. So you just need a certain amount of movement in relation to the movement of the barrel. Uh, and just uh, allow, again, the barrel when you fire to move independently for the gun to cycle the mass of the silencer. Um, we've been doing them a long time. I did the first one probably 20 years ago at AAC. Um, I mean, the first one for us, it wasn't the first one. Um, so it, it's not something we, we have to put a ton of thought into, honestly, anymore. Most of them that you see on the market now are copied from the Evolution and Tyrant 9, which um, I did at AAC a long time ago. Um, and that, we took a lot from the Knight's Armament Booster that Doug Olson did for the uh, the can for the Mark 23 uh, that they did, which was just simplified from some other silencers uh, in the past, even before that. Uh, do you ever see you guys stopping the customer build days? Man, that comes up a lot. Um, no, I'm fighting hard to keep customer build days. Uh, you know, I just love it. And I think it's a good reminder. You can get so in the weeds on a project, like for one of the engineers here, he's been working on a project for about a year and a half. And, you know, when, when you're working, especially like a mechanical project, I'm sure it's for anything else, you know, you, you get excited, you put all this effort into it, you make prototypes, things don't work, you have to fix it, you have to understand why things aren't working correctly. And so one of the engineers that participates in a lot of the builds, he's been in a, an in-depth project a long-term project for us for a while. And I see that every Friday when we have customer build days, you know, it's a half a day break for him where he gets to drink beer and hang out, which kind of annoys him because he wants to get his stuff done. But I think what's good for morale and kind of the culture of our company is the fact that he gets to hear from customers and he gets to walk them through building a gun and telling them about it, a gun that he helped design. And I think that kind of re-energizes him and re-inspires him. And that's just like one example um, and, you know, it's a grassroots thing. We don't do a lot with marketing. Um, I hate part of, like, modern gun culture and modern gun companies where it, everything is taken so seriously and your family can't be there. And why can't you have a customer build a gun? Um, I mean, it does take some planning for me, um, you know, just the liability aspects, all these other things that, that HR and the general counsel would use to say you can't do it. Um, you know, we just find solutions for that. And we're moving in about a year and a half, two years into a new building. And I think the way the customer build is going to be set up then is we're going to have a retail shop, um, whether it's open more than like four hours a week or something, I don't know. But it'll be a retail shop or possibly like a bar situation, bar and grill. And you build your guns in one of those so it won't interrupt um, a half a day's production in the factory, because right now you actually build them in the factory where we build all the guns. Um, so hopefully, I think as long as I'm involved and I can maintain this, we will continue to do customer builds. Um, 
it's one of the coolest things that, that I've seen in gun companies in a long time. And, and like I said, a couple of the employees that view it as sort of a burden and stuff end up being the ones that ha- have the, the greatest time doing it. And I think almost every customer walks away from it very grateful and impressed. And, you know, something as different as the fixed rifle as well. Um, it's such a benefit to the customer to come and build it with the engineers and understand how every part why it was made, how it goes together, why it's important, and why the gun is so different. And it really just enhances, the. I think, the, not just the ownership of the gun, but the process of picking one of our products, seeing what we're really all about here. Um, I would love to do it. I mean, I would do it with, uh, you know, I would pay to come and do this. The build is one of the neatest things we do. 5.56 five, and 9 millimeter cans. Um, yeah, they're coming. The the lefty can was put on hold along with the Erector 9mm just because of other stuff that we're working on in a, in a back order with the rifles. Because um, some of that, it just requires some of the engineering resources and machine resources that we're just unwilling. We've just made kind of a, a hard line that we're, we're not going to do until we catch up more on back orders of the guns. And so some of the other projects, unfortunately, have to stay on hold. And I hate that it's silencers because we've become such a popular brand and we really only have two silencers, a 30 cal and a 22. So there's other stuff that we need to do. And it bothers me because I feel like we're not supporting the customer and especially the dealers who want to carry our products. Um, But, you know, it's just a business choice that I have to make right now. And, you know, it's more important for me to deliver the rifles right now than the next model silencers. And, you know, with, with the silencer, there's just not a lot of parts. Most of them are shared. With the rifles, you know, production has to flow or it's millions of dollars just sitting here every month. Um, you know, we get to be the way we are and spend money on innovation and have customer build days because, you know, I own the company and stay in charge. Um, so that's how we want to keep it. Plans on making an erector-style suppressor for 7.62. Oh, yeah, we've had plans for that for a couple years. Um, and we will eventually. Uh, funniest shop story. Oh, man, I don't know. Because we have parties here. You know, we've got like an arcade and a party room and stuff. And um, we have had some funny stuff happen. I don't know. Most of it may relate to the bidets and visitors that we have. Um, so there's remote control bidets here that people aren't aware of. Um, so I don't know. We have a lot of fun. I don't know what the funniest story would be. Um what could be improved in the rimfire pistol market? <clears throat> uh, what could be improved in the rimfire pistol market? I don't know if that's pistol or silencers. Um, I don't know. There's not a lot of great rimfire pistols, in my opinion. Um, I like a lot of the European stuff, like Hammerly and things like that. Um, you know, we don't really have that here. It is weird. With America, we have such an excess of everything. Um, but people don't believe in spending a lot of money on tutus here which just seems stupid to me because you shoot rimfire so much, whether you're just practicing, training with your kids. Um, You know, I know at my farm, we use them a ton for shooting, you know, possums, raccoons, squirrels, you know, just crap like that. Um, And it's just so practical. And you keep your 22 your whole life. I I don't know why people don't spend a couple thousand dollars on a really great 22 rifle instead of spending like 300 on a mediocre one. Um, that's something I wish would change in this country. And I would love to do it with a 22 pistol, but it's just here. I mean, at Q, like the average income, everything here is so high expensive compared to a lot of companies, um, that are, that our guns and products are really good value, even though they're not some of the cheaper ones on the product or on the market. But, you know, I just can't justify getting into a rimfire pistol unless we come up with something devote real resource to it devote something that's really incredible that's not really offered in this country to where we could charge a thousand dollars for it and people would pay so i don't know it's not really on on you know the the forefront of things we're considering um oh how hopefully so tapers are the only option since IBC. Um, tapers, you know, again, tapers have been used for so long in everything. All your machine tools, lathes, and mills that build everything, 
have tapers. It's how they create alignment. And it's just stupid for the muzzles of your rifles not to have a taper. It'll provide alignment. And if it's the correct taper, um, it requires more torque to unscrew it than it does to screw it on. Um, so you, you never need a QD device for something to stay tight, uh, provides you alignment. You don't need to use shims. Uh, yeah, it's stupid not to have a taper on your muzzle or on your QD silencer if you want a muzzle device attached silencer. Uh, and the taper should belong in front of the threads to keep carbon and copper off the threads. Doing it the other way, which is what I did at AAC, and I was wrong. It was a stupid idea. Um, so we've talked a lot about tapers before, though. Uh, can you in California get the fix? Yes, you can. Um, are you guys cool with dead air? I, I'm not particularly cool with dead air now. Uh, I do like Mike Pappas and some of the guys a lot. Um, but dead air, the issue came, Mike Pappas called me the day before they released the Odessa and says they realized they were violating some intellectual property that we had on the element and wanted to know what I thought about it. And I said if they were willing to enter uh, a royalty agreement that I had no problem with it. And um, they agreed to it verbally. He talked to Eric, who was in charge, called me back, said, hey, talk to Eric. He's cool with whatever you want to do. And I said, yeah, um, no big deal. Um, there won't even be a royalty on the uh, Odessa, at least initially. Um, but I just want to control um, the technology. And if you want to expand it, we'll talk then. Or some time goes on, you're still building the silencer. We'll talk about a royalty agreement. They said, thank you so much. Um, and so then when I sent them the stuff from my attorney uh, a few months later, never heard back from Eric, who's in charge of dead air. And I contacted Mike and he said, well, you know, basically Eric maybe has changed his mind. And, um, and I think Mike was used by Eric. And, um, so I'm not really upset with Mike and, you know, Mike needs a job and he's a cool guy. Um, I think his, I don't think Mike was dishonest with me but I don't really have any way of knowing what their conversation was, but I believe Mike. Um, and that I think his boss just lied to him and is um, a bit of a shyster. And I think that's what happened. Um, and then I, I don't know their designer. I don't know if he's an engineer, Todd something, um, but he posted something on, somebody sent me a link to it on a forum. They quoted me and it was incorrect and it was something false about our silencers. And I messaged him about it and uh, just, you know, held his feet to the fire and told him he was full of shit, and he took it real personal, but I, I don't particularly fucking care. I mean, I hear he's a nice guy, um, but to me, he was misrepresenting something about our product in order to sell his, which that Nomad's a cool silencer, but it's cool, just be, but it's because it's a 17.4 trash panda. Um, but that's their best product, and it's just a copy of ours, which, you know, that's okay. Um, but not calling it what it is seemed a bit dishonest, but really I got upset with Todd about saying something that was untrue and I just called him out on it. And, you know, I wanted to do it privately and not publicly. Um, but he seems to be a little bit of a little girl and got real ass hurt about it, but I couldn't care less. Um, but you know, just the idea of advertising the Nomad without a mount or a flash hider and advertising the weight without a rear mount or a muzzle device it's just a little dishonest to me. Um, but, I mean, otherwise, I think Dead Air makes pretty good products. Um, some of their older stuff is real heavy and not useful to me. But their little Mass 22 is good and it's quiet. I just don't use it because it's heavy. Um, their Nomad's good, but it should be. Uh, I mean, the rest, uh, I don't know. I think their pistol cans kind of suck. But, uh, I mean, they do a much better job than a lot of the companies out there. So, you know, they're cool. Um, what else? Will you ever take custom fixed barrel orders? Uh, various links, profiles. You, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would say eventually we'll probably have that. What I'm wanting to do is source that to some shops. Um, but I don't know if it'll work out. Just sourcing stuff. You know, when we tried with Bartline and Thule to do the original barrels for the fix, they couldn't keep up. 
with production. I think they're great. They make great barrels if you want one or two or something like that. But if you need production, I mean, we never got a Bartline 308 barrel that we didn't have to put in the lathe here and fix. That's a fact. Um, they couldn't profile barrels. Uh, we had to fix all of those. Uh, when we started doing production, Dave Tooley, um, he asked me if he could have someone else do half of them, and I said no, and he went ahead and had somebody else do half of them without approval from me, and we got a lot of them in with shitty chambers, and he admitted on a call then that he was having an intern do it while he was out of town. Um, so there we were putting Dave Tooley's name on barrels, and he wasn't even actually doing them. Um, so it just seems like vendors, is, it's just a difficult thing without the right relationship. But I think as we grow here, you'll probably see, we'll probably have a, a, a somebody, a barrel maker come work here. And that's probably what he does eventually to support. Because there's custom barrels that I want for the fix too. But I don't think that's on the horizon for the next year or two. But I think there will be barrels available um, starting this year. And, you know, just randomly various calibers and barrel lengths and twists and stuff. And then some from other makers as well. Probably Jared Joplin, I'm hoping. Uh, plans for a nine millimeter erector. Uh, yeah. So nine millimeter erector is coming this year. It's been finished for about two years. Just hasn't gone into production. We, we just put it on pause when the silencer market went, went down because of HPA stuff and all that. Erector 45 will be coming as well. Uh, any info on eight, six that we're willing to share weights or velocity super for hunting? Uh, yeah, I've kind of covered it a few times before. 150 grain supersonic, or 155, out of a 12 and a half inch barrel is 2,500 feet a second. Um, so inside 300 meters, it's awesome and better than 308. Uh, a subsonic will be a 315 to a 360 grain expanding subsonic that'll be, it's 124 dB out of the 12 and a half inch barrel with our silencer. Um... That's pretty much it. And, and it'll be coming out um, really commercially the beginning of next year. You should start seeing some stuff probably third, fourth quarter of this year as far as reamers and dies and load data. And um, we already have brass now. Um, we'll start getting projectiles pretty soon. Uh, Hornady should launch it at SHOT Show this year coming up commercially. Um so we'll see. So it's great, you know, to go into a Remington 700 and AR-10, the fixed rifle, and just like 300 blackouts, just a barrel change. No bolt, no mag change, full capacity. Um, yeah, and the gas gun cycles super and subsonic, so that's good. Uh, suppressing an AR-10, how about port pop from pressure from the barrel versus the gas tube? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm not even going to get into all those details. Here's the thing. Um, you know, on a gas gun, it's a little bit trickier. Uh, we don't run really tight bores in our silencer, and we don't like replaceable end cap, like put a little small front end cap in it. Because you trap more of that gas, it just has to come back through the ejection port. So whether it's the gas tube or the barrel, most of the stuff comes through the barrel. Um, it's just loud in the ejection port at your face or the shooter's ear. Um, so I we run large diameter cans. Uh, we vent a lot of the baffles, and we run a large bore through them. We're not trying to win any sound metering at mill standard competitions. Like if you you have to pick for the sound, the, the the gas and pressure to go somewhere, and we generally prefer it out the muzzle than in your ear. Um, so. It, you know, people want to see numbers and all this. The thing is, as I've stated before, the industry overall, there's a few very dishonest people um, at these companies. If we go and publish numbers um, with a certain barrel length, temperature, ammunition, you know, uh, Griffin Armament post numbers 2 dB lower the next day. Um, there is no regulatory body to sort of govern any of this or do independent testing. So we let silencer shop do that. But go out and shoot some silencers with your buddies. <laughs> you know, no one has ever shot a Q silencer and said, oh, that's loud compared to this other silencer. We make the quietest silencers there are. I've never metered a silencer, 30 caliber silencer, quieter than the full Nelson. Um, is it the best 223 silencer? Probably not at a mill standard. You could run a smaller bore and do all this kind of crap to make it quieter there. It's not really what we're after. 
and the sound performance isn't something, a reason to buy a can. We have very low back pressure due to the huge amount of internal volume from the inch and three quarter tubeless silencers that we do. And as you see, every new company that comes out, every old company that makes a new silencer copies this. You know, whether it's Dead Air, it's Griffin, it's um, that cool guy silencer group in New Mexico, um, or, you know, I don't even keep up with them anymore, Yankee Hill, anybody. They all are, are copying, you know, and that was the original Honey Badger silencer back at AAC, the first tubeless one um, in 2009 or whatever that was. Um, so we have less back pressure. Uh, we have great sound performance. Um, you know, we focus on those things, but we're trying to deliver an overall package to give you the best product and shooting experience. Um, any thoughts on making a pistol caliber carbine for competitive shooters? Um, well, you know, actually, we were discussing a 9mm Honey Badger recently, um, and I had to make a choice between that and the Megafix rifle. And so the Megafix rifle is being made um, and not the 9mm. If the 9mm stuff is still popular in a couple years, maybe. Um, I think it's kind of like silly. At least you're saying it's for like competitive shooters or recreation. Because um, the Honey Badger was, was, was like a military and government product. Um, we sell it commercially. But the focus for me with little light guns like that is actually killing stuff. And that's where like a pistol caliber is just sort of really lame compared to 300 blackout. Um, but maybe one day, you know, it'll make sense or one of our kids will want to do it or, or something, but it's not going to happen right now. Um, the 338 can, any info about that? Yeah, it's going to be very similar to the Thunder Chicken, a bigger muzzle brake and different muzzle thread. Um, that's about what the silencer is. It should have already been out. It's not when decided to launch the ammo 2020 and not 2019, you know, with Hornady at SHOT Show. Then we have more time for the silencer. Um, so it's coming this year. It's just a matter of the, just like the rifles, the silencer production's increased so much. We're trying to handle the production products now, um, keeping the lead time as short as possible on those, you know, the trash panda, thunder chicken, half Nelson, those things. Um, and it's the same thing for the jumbo shrimp. You know, it should, it should have already been out and that's a six, five shorter version of the trash panda. Um, and actually for that, we're waiting on one final piece of packaging and we're going to do the initial run of those. Um, but you know, it's just another, another one of those things. It needs to be, we're bringing it out. It takes a back seat to stuff people have on order. Um, we consider making making a rimfire fixed, the micro fix. Uh, maybe one day, like I want to do a 22 conversion kit, but I want it to be a semi-auto 22 conversion kit for the fix. Um, you know, we don't know where the future is really going to lead. Um, Hewitt Q is killing the social media trolls. Uh, I grab some popcorn. Sometimes I join. It's always fun. I do the, our Instagram and social media. Any other calibers coming besides 8.6? Um, as far as a ground-up cartridge, no. We're working with Hornady and some others doing some testing and stuff, make sure we can support it with a silencer. Um, but we're not working on any new cartridges other than 8.6. I'm sure when once 8.6 is done, we'll, we'll start working on another one. It just is inevitable. It, it kind of now goes like with making the guns and having a multi-caliber platform to work with. Um, you know, it's interesting to us. Uh, so that's a big part of my job here. You know, we have a lot of engineers and a lot of smart kids that can work anywhere, is always having some stuff that keeps everyone interested in the potential of what we can do. Um, so ammo's a big part of that. Uh, ever make a bullpup? I can't see that. I don't like bullpups. Um, any plans for suppressors for pistols? Yes, the erector pistols are coming out. The new bipod. New bipod's another one. Um, there's a couple of machines, and 
that are making the bipod parts that we're using to make the gun parts now. And uh, the bipod's cool. God, trust me, I want the bipod. Um, but it's on hold. It's just on deck with the, the Erector 9 and the 338 silencer and uh, a couple of the other items, some of the stuff for the fix. Um, we're just trying to put as many resources as we can into production items currently. The sugar weasel. Um, we assembled the first, I don't know how many hundreds, but the first ones of those this month. And so there's only, what, a couple weeks left in the month. Um, this week, I think we get the final component. Uh, and the sugar weasel, again, for those of you, we haven't really published anything about it. Um, it's basically kind of like a, a, a poor man's honey badger. Um, you know, the expensive part of the honey badger are the receiver sets and the stock. And those are what uh, cause a lot of the bottlenecks with vendors. So this uses a, a carbine buffer tube and an SBA3 uh, arm brace. And it uses a forged upper and lower that's clear, hard coat, um, no forward assist. But all the rest are the honey badger components. And so it looks like the honey badger, but you get the carbine buffer tube, which is better for some people and it's a little more comfortable. But the gun, I think, retails at 1500 So I don't know a street price if, I mean, it seems like most of our products right now sell for a little over retail, but I'm hoping this will be a, we can produce these much easier. And um, I'm hoping this will be a $1,300 retail product somewhere in there uh, by the time, you know, like a street price. But if it's retail, it's retail. I mean, supply and demand will decide that for us. Um, but it's just a great product at a, at a lower price point. But it, so it's a little bit of a weird thing for us, but there's a lot of parts commonality with the honey badger, which is good. And it's going to help us with a new product that we're working on that I'm not going to talk about yet. But, um, you know, I don't know if it's the right thing for the company or not. This is a chance that we'll take, but it was all a gun that we would want to own and it's something that, you know, a college kid can afford if he really wants to. You don't have to spend $2,500 on a honey badger. Uh, and you still get the honey badger barrel, gas block, all the great stuff. Uh, so that's what that's all about. Plan B for 9mm or the Omega 9K and the Harvester. Yeah, they're coming. It's the same thing. Um, you know, we sold, I don't know how many of the Plan Bs in the first few months. And so that kind of delayed these others because we still have orders and back orders for those. Uh, so the 9K one comes after that. We're doing a 9mm cherry bomb as well. So that's all kind of in a group of stuff also on deck. Um, by only, if I could only buy one, which would it be, the Fix or the Mini Fix? Um, I would probably buy the Fix, the full size, just because I hunt a lot. And, uh, you know, using 308 or 65, because um, I hunt some bigger animals and I, and I hunt at distance some. So I, I would probably take the full size fix. If I were just hunting at my farm in the mountains in Georgia, uh, definitely take the mini and it would be in 300 blackout all the time with an eight inch barrel. That gun is so cool and so handy. Um, and I'm surprised by how popular it appears that gun is becoming going to be. Details on the sugar weasel and the lefty. Okay, I've kind of covered that. Uh, when will the honey badger brace be available on its own, compatible with normal receivers? Uh, covered that earlier. Uh, it should it should be this year, but um, yeah, it's just on hold right now until we get called up some with, with honey badger delivery. Uh Will the 8.6 be offered in a rifle length fix? No, it will not. Not at this time. Uh, any handgun stuff in the works? Just silencers. Uh, what changes would you make to the Salvo 12? Oh, the silencer coat. Uh, shotgun silencer. Well, I mean, it's just stupid heavy. Um, we'll make it light and useful. Release dates for the Jumbo Shrimp Rector 9. You know, it's just sometime this year, probably after the halfway point. Um, hmm. AR with standard buffer system. Okay, well, the Sugar Weasel. There you go. Um, the fixed chassis, they'll start shipping within the next 30 days. 
But it's going to, you know, the fixed chassis, we didn't do any pre-sale or anything. They're going to start shipping soon. And we're not going to make, they're just going to go up for sale. Post it on, picture on the Instagram, on our Instagram account probably. Um, and there will be a page on the site. And I expect that those first, you know, 50 or however many we put up will sell within an hour. Um, so you'll just have to be ready. We're not doing any list or anything. It's just too big of a pain in the ass, really. Um, what's the next big bit of innovation? Um, for us, it's going to be just internal stuff, probably. I, I'm very transparent about everything we're working on and all. There are no huge surprises, really. Um, we're going to stay the course. Things are working really well. Uh, we're being successful, and we're very grateful for that appreciative um we've had a plan you know it changes some when the tide changes but overall just staying the course um taking care making the guns better every day getting more of them out taking care of the customers really trying to help the dealers um you know and i just view that as making the best product is the best thing for the dealer so uh, no changes um, okay, I'm looking at a lot of the same questions. Okay, if you buy on the website and fly in for a build day, can we build a pistol? Uh, yes. Um, are we going to build 8.6 uppers for semis? Uh, I don't I don't know. We'll have barrels, but we're going to work with a couple companies. I know it looks like Falcor is interested um, Nevesky, we're going to work with companies. We're going to open source it all to make it very easy for companies to do it. Uh, we want the cartridge to be successful. And 8.6, sugar whistle. Um, yeah, an 8.6 little gas gun like the Honey Badger would be cool. The recoil pads, that's a good one. That's one where, for the fix, uh, bigger recoil pad um you, you'll see those this year uh the, you know that's something if, if we have to stop making the other parts to make that we need the plastic and rubber parts for production right now so that's just been you know it was just a choice i had to make you know do i want to ship those or do i want to ship 10 guns um so it's you know some of it I really appreciate the early adopters of the fix, and we're not supporting it with um, product as far as accessory products as well as we wanted to. The great thing is, um, with with the success and the numbers that we're doing now, there's going to be aftermarket companies, and we'll help them to do products for the fix, which is great for everyone. And then it's encouraging us to do more products. Uh, just right now, we're trying to, to, again, focus on the backlog. So this stinks for you a little right now, but I think long-term, it's going to be better for you and me and everybody else. Um, barrel extensions uh, to proof. I, I think proof has some barrel extensions, but barrel extensions for the fix will not be available for the masses. Um, 300 short mag timeline. You know, I, I don't. I don't know right now. I hate to even say, but it, it's it's still on the board. We're still doing it. Um, any new firearms? Nope. Any blim plan B's coming? I know those blims were so popular because all the funny stuff Drew engraved on them. We'll probably just call some blims and engrave them just to because <laughs> people keep asking for them. Um, why does suppressors not have to be clean? Uh, I mean, I think it depends on what suppressor, how you're using it. Just general rifle caliber silencers do not need to be cleaned. If it's a modern silencer, modern technology, meaning just a baffle arrangement. Um, you know, a lot of old silencers had to come apart because they had a lot of wire mesh and things in them that had to be replaced. If you use a lot of rim fire through it, you probably need to clean it. But, you know... if if we do a whole life cycle test on a silencer here on a rifle caliber gun uh, and, and section that thing when we're done, there there's really nothing to clean inside of it. Um, you know, keep your keep your uh, muzzle clean on your rifle. Keep the mount clean. The silencer, mo 
You know, what's important with most rifle caliber stuff, like the taper for precision, having the EDM bore that we cut through the silencer to have it as straight as possible with your muzzle. When you have it come apart for cleaning and stuff, it gets weaker, it gets heavier, and you can't maintain the alignment or the EDM. It's another problem I have with thread end front end caps is there goes your EDM bore because now you're relying upon thread concentricity for alignment. And just a little bit of misalignment in your end cap, even if you don't get a strike, hurts your accuracy, it hurts your point of impact shift. Um, it's just not something I'm really into. And, you know, maybe we build a modular silencer one day. Like, I have no idea. Uh, I'm not going to promise that we're not. Um, but if you want a precision, durable, but lightweight can, uh, it's just not the way to do it. Uh, I do our box art. Um, yeah, I do it and my kids do some of it. Uh, their mother is, is relatively artistic. Um, I am, it's something, yeah, that I do generally when I'm on conference calls or something every day. My favorite band, uh, right now, I don't know. I like, uh, let me see who's in my phone. I like the temperance movement. Um, I like them pretty well. Uh, I don't I like Post Malone, actually. Uh, I just listened to Joe Rogan's podcast with David Lee Roth, and it got me back into, like, old Van Halen, like, uh, Running with the Devil and some of that stuff. I like Big Daddy Kane, who's, like, old school rap. Um, you know, I listen to everything because I have, like, three kids and so they have varied taste and even like pop music. So I've learned to tolerate like Taylor Swift. Um, I love like NXS. Um, I love all the grunge stuff like at my age, you know, that stuff being so popular in the 90s when, when I was younger. Um, I will probably always like that. Um, you know, I like a lot of Southern music. Um, who else is in here? Uh, Nathaniel Ratliff, Ratliff, uh, Patrick here, he took, he and his mother took me to that concert last year. That was one of the best concerts I've been to in a long time. He, they are terrific. I think that was fueled by cocaine, but, um, their performance was incredible. I, I liked them. If you have a chance to see them, that was a good time. Um, I love Citizen Cope. I like Leonard Skinner. Um, you know, Jim Croce. I like Cheap Trick, Joan Jett. I, I like, that's, he's looking a lot at my phone. That's, I like all that. I don't know. Anything that's decent depends on mood. Like, I grew up in the South. I also like country music, like Hank Williams Jr. and stuff like that. Um, how much beer is too much beer? That's not a real question. Uh, Um, nine millimeter erector. Yeah, you've seen lots of pictures of them because we have about twenty prototypes. Mm, yeah, we did all. We've done a lot of testing. Uh, you want a Q ball cap? Yeah, me, me too. We did one round of caps early on, and we haven't had them since. But we're gonna do some more of that stuff. Um, I know the the mystery shirt that we're doing is freaking great. And now that our kids are getting older, they get involved in some of this. They they get involved in like the fun stuff at work. And actually, Ethan's oldest kid came up with the idea for the mystery shirt for uh, this time, the one that we have available right now for sale. Uh, and I think it's the best one we've ever had. Um, so I love when the kids get involved. And it's easier, I find, to get them involved and get them interested in the company. I try to get them involved in the creative stuff. So whether it's T-shirts or box art, stuff like that. Um, so that, that was super cool to me. Um, so some of that stuff, I think we're doing some hoodies and other things. Uh, if you could go back in time, would you do anything differently? Uh, Business-wise? I don't, I don't know. I don't tend to have a ton of regrets. Uh, when I started the company, we had a few individuals involved um, that were a mistake. But I, all, I just view that as we, we learned you know, and we saw that it was a mistake, and now we appreciate that. We've moved on, and those we've rid ourselves of those individuals. And um, you know, but one of those guys is the one that 
really convinced Ethan and I that we should do the honey badger again. Uh, so, you know, it was beneficial too. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I would do differently here. I, I don't, I don't, I don't view most things that way. Um, you know, I just view all this stuff as an opportunity to be more successful. So I, I don't get caught up in that. Um, Nevesky PDW or Honey Badger? Uh, me personally, I like the Honey Badger better. Nevesky makes great stuff, and I love their company. I love their products. Make tremendous barrels. Um, their gun, I think some people would think it's prettier than ours. They were very kind, and I have one of those. They sent me one of their little ghetto blaster and it's painted that cool green color, but I, I just don't like paint, but it is beautiful. Like the reason for me to paint something is to make it a certain color, which I would just never do personally, but it's cool that they do it. Cause I know a lot of people are into that and they use ambi controls and all this, which is really popular. But again, I don't like that. Um, so the gun ends up weighing a pound more than ours. Um, I want something lightweight and most useful for me, uh, and just practical. And, and so for me, that's a very basic thing when it's something like the honey badger, but that's just my opinion. I mean, that's not true for anyone. Um, you know, if you're going to go shoot a class and all that, maybe their gun is better than ours. Um, or if you have some OCD about colors and all, then painting it is probably a cool thing. Uh, new rifle, eight, six barrels, uh, when we introduce the cartridge to Sammy this summer, um, we'll finalize chamber specs and then we will offer barrels and chamber drawings and all for everyone. Uh, will you guys ever make more bottle rockets? Uh, yes, we're making more bottle rockets and we're making a little blast shield thingy for the cherry bombs. Um, is Silencer Co. going bankrupt? Uh, you know, I, I don't know what goes on there. I mean, obviously Silencer Co. had a very hard time and um, their investors took it over and threw out, uh, you know, Josh and um, Jason Schauble and have, have changed the company. I know they sold a lot of their assets. Um, but, you know, they built a big name and they make some decent products. Uh, I imagine they'll stay around in some capacity. Um I don't I don't pay a ton of attention to them. Their little switchback silencer they did um, is a modular thing. It, it, it may even be one of their better products, but it's like, whatever. It's, you know, 10-year-old technology. Um, but I, I've never really viewed them as an innovative company. Uh, they have been as far as marketing and in the market and pushing awareness and, and uh, kind of... Um, you know, really got uh, dealers to believe in their stuff. And, th and that's all real cool, but I, I don't pay attention to them because they're just so light in engineering that they're not a company that I really watch. Um, what are our goals for this year? How do we measure success or failure? Um, I don't know. The products are obviously successful. Um, I don't know, just as an entrepreneur, ha how someone views success or failure. Um, you know, I mean, I guess if we went out of business, that would be a failure. Everything else seems like a success, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I think as an entrepreneur, you, you just can never achieve enough or it's never as big as you think or hope, or, you know, you're thinking about the next thing, um, I mean, I think that's for other people to measure. I don't know that that's for me to really measure. I mean, I can only measure it with like our bank account or something. Um, you know, my goals are to sell to be the, the the best. And, you know, I don't even really know how to quantify that. You know, I want to sell more silencers than anyone, get them in people's hands, have everybody refuse to shoot without a silencer. I don't know if we'll ever see that day. I mean, we hadn't even finished our product line. So that's kind of a failure, but it's, you know, that's a, a, as probably as a result of the success of our guns. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't know. Um, any updates planned for the Remington chassis covered that? Uh, oh, bolt knobs for the fix. Yeah. They're, they're becoming available. Um, 
Actually, we just got a machine in place to make those. Um, so we're going to have threaded bolt knobs available. I don't know when I'm not even going to say, but that is a thing because that's been irritating me. Um, we ever sell all the honey badger parts separately for us poor people can slowly build? Uh, no. I, I, we don't want people building them or piecing things together. Um, if, you, if you're poor, you contact me. We'll get on some sort of payment plan or something. There's a way to make it happen. Uh, you know, we don't want you to get something bootleg. Um, we want you to have, uh, you know, the best thing we can offer. Um, the sugar weasel is not a one-off. It's going to be a production item. El Camino titanium upgrade internals. There, I, I bet it'll be two years before you see the the um, El Camino upgrade. Uh, what percentage skews shipped out get artwork included? Um, the box art just depends on what I'm doing on days. Sometimes it's three or four days and none goes out. And like yesterday, I think I did like six because... Just the way my day worked out, the things I had to do, and I was feeling creative, and I could do them while I was on calls and having to deal with other stuff. So it just worked out. But it's just a random thing. The box art is just random. There is no picking. There's no guarantee. There's no nothing. It's just like if I feel like doing it, I do it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the customer build. Like, it's cool. You have to schedule a customer build, but we don't charge anybody for it. Um, and I know we could at this point, but I also don't want there to be expectations. What's, what's really cool about the customer builds, generally you come, you build a gun, you come around lunch, we generally go to lunch, come back, we build, drink, um, drink beer, hang out, build guns. Uh, then we'll go to a concert or go eat or do something and you hang out. Was I know the guy this past, one of the guys this past weekend, I mean, he stayed like a couple extra days and hung out with the guys here. They all went to the range together and went and did stuff. Um, but, yeah, we're not charging because some days it just doesn't work out that way. We're not trying to make money off that. Uh, Nine-millimeter cherry bomb is coming. Do you intend to pursue military gov LE contracts? Definitely not LE. LE is the biggest pain in my balls. Um, and they don't have money. Um, but pursuing them, not right now. I mean, the government and the military stuff just comes because of mine and Ethan's backgrounds and prior relationships and all the contracts and things that we've won in the groups we've been associated with. Um, but pursuing big army stuff, no, I would rather retire and, you know, move to Corpus Christi and be a fishing captain or some crap. Um, best optic for the honey badger for up to 300 yards. I'm glad you asked. Um, I just got a Swarovski Z8 1-8 to for mine. Um, if I were really shooting 300 yards with it, I'd probably get like a Mark VI 3-18 and use a Horus. Um, but it depends on the size targets you're shooting. Uh, you know, I got mine for hunting, but I won't shoot anything at 300 yards with a honey badger hunting. I mean, I'll shoot steel far with it, but um, something compact like that I like. Um any of the one to eight, one to six, something like that that you like. I really, I have an old um, Night Force that's like a two to ten or a two and a half to ten. That thing's great. Um, and it's compact and lightweight for it. But at 300, well, and with that scope, I've shot a deer at 300 on all 308 that I've had. Uh, what part of product design engineering do you guys enjoy the most? <laughs> Depends on the guy. Um, I love the thought process and going through the initial part of what we want it to do and kind of setting the goals for the product and then working through that. And, you know, some of the guys, like I know our prototype machinist likes when it's finished is what he likes. Um, and I like the testing, you know, I, I've never, I mean, just in any part of my life, uh, conflict and this sort of thing, you know, just, adversarial stuff just doesn't really bother me. I think it's, you know, whatever. It's probably kind of how I'm inspired and become very competitive is by the conflict. So it doesn't bother me. Um, but I really getting guys to agree and seeing the whole group get excited about a project when we start talking through just an idea to 
okay, um, what are the goals? How are we going to accomplish it? And when you see the whole team get excited, that's the best part for me. Um, does sending beer ahead of time make a more fun customer build? Sending beer never hurts anything if you want something from us. Uh, yeah, we prefer any, we drink any beer. Um, you come out with a 308 or 86 Honey Badger. Uh, I could see it happening eventually. What will your contribution to the 86 Bolt platform? Uh, barrels, gas block, handguard. Um, you know, it's shared with 308. I mean, we're just going to drive the ammo and the cartridge and awareness and provide specifications based on all the testing and experience that we have and what people want to go do on their own, you know, they can do. But we're trying to settle the twist rate and make sure bullets can withstand spinning it real fast and get the accuracy and good load data and all these things, where and how to port the barrels for a gas gun, um, the optimum length to where, you know, smaller shops and all don't have to go do a lot of testing and where to make it very easy for larger manufacturers to adopt. So that's kind of what we're trying to do. Uh, any chance why the Honey Badger over any other 300 Blackout setup? Uh, that's a good question. I think uh, Phenomenal Trigger is extremely lightweight, compact, very low profile and visibility. Um, one in five twists spins the bullets fast enough for the subs to be accurate, which is important. The seven inch barrel is long enough to get the velocities for the supersonic, like the Barnes 110 and everything that was designed for a nine inch barrel to perform terminally. Um, and the lightweight, good trigger. Uh, there's just a lot of thought gone into the entire gun. I love the huge magwell. Um, it's just everything you need, nothing you don't. Uh, adjustable gas block that's still super lightweight. Um, the gun is really good. Favorite Seinfeld episode? You know, they talk about it here all the time. They still watch Seinfeld here. The engineers do all the time. Ethan's fanatical about it. Matter of fact, two years in a row, he gave his sister the box set, forgetting he gave it to her the year before. Um, mine is the ass man. <laughs> I don't know why, but it, I, I'm alone with that one here. Um, Ethan was talking about his the other day. I forgot what it was, but I, I love that ass man episode. Um, Kramer was just such a great character on that show. ETA on... Oh, handguards for the Honey Badgers. Uh, yeah, that's just been going into all the production guns is why that's been low, but we just increased production. So, you know, that's a few months out for us. So a couple months ago, we increased production of the Honey Badger handguards. So this next month, we should be getting more in to be able to sell handguards separately. So that's kind of been the holdup. Um, any plans? Flash hider uh, or a thread protector for the cherry bomb. Definitely a thread protector. Flash hider. I don't know if we'll do a flash hider. I imagine we probably will at some point, um, but it's not a thing currently, and we're not in a hurry to make it a thing. Uh, yeah, the sugar weasel is a real thing. Kit Badger's was not real. His was kind of mocked up. It's a longer barrel. His was a five five six gun. Um, they're three hundred blackout guns. Uh, the production ones are. Who would win an arm wrestling competition? Kevin or Ethan? Ethan. Ethan's like got super retard strength. Um, but I would be smart enough not to enter. So, have you seen any innovation in the muzzle loading uh, pistol brazen? Oh, muzzle loading innovation. Um, no, you know, Ethan and I are kind of excited about, um, like the onboard compressed air guns, uh, you know, where it's like a thousand feet a second, 45 caliber, uh, lightweight guns, you know, that have compressed air on board for like enough for 10 shots or something. That's freaking cool. Um, I could see that becoming a thing. Because uh, then you could hunt in the, I think, the same time you could hunt with black powder in most states, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think that might be a better way to go. Um, but I don't know. Ethan and I started kind of getting into this when we saw Raven crossbows a few years ago and how great those were and looking at other ways 
you know, as far as shooting, um, but doing things that aren't a gun are sort of interesting to us, but I'm not sure we, we really care about black powder that much. I mean, I understand guys do for hunting, and I do for hunting, but I would rather come up with something that's not black powder that we could still hunt with during that time, you know, uh, kind of like how you can with a bow. Uh, what else? Um, how short would you go for hunting with a 6.5 Creedmoor barrel? Mine's 16 right now. Uh, I, I mean, it depends on how far I'm shooting. I would go with 12 and a half to 14 inches probably if I'm, you know, most of my shots are going to be inside of 100. I would go super short with it. I wouldn't be afraid to. Um, you know, the reason I don't uh, with, with the fix is I don't have a pistol version personally, and I don't, you know, sometimes it's a pain in the ass trying to take the gun somewhere. And just the setup I have now, I can take out of the country with me and I can go hunt with it anywhere. And um, and sometimes I shoot farther with it because I've, I've shot deer at, with a 16-inch 6.5, you know, like 500 yards. Um, and I'm not sure I would do that with a 12-and-a-half-inch or something. But I'd definitely shoot one at 100, 150 yards. Uh... I guess that's it. Uh, I'll look for some more later and finish this. Uh, some more questions later today. And if I don't, then that was it. Thank you guys for the interest. And if you need anything, um, don't hesitate to hit us up. Slide into the DMs. Hey. 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 Hey.